Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very, very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I'm your host, Adam Stott. I'm really, really excited to have Ollie Phillips with me today. Ollie is an ex-professional rugby player, uh, somebody that's won a Guinness World Record. He has his own business coaching and mentoring and speaking and doing high-level experiential events called uh, Optimist Performance. So I can't wait to hear a bit about that today. He's had a really, really successful career and lots of lessons. And if you're a business person that's listening today, I've always thought that there's so much that we can take as business owners from sport, their attitude and mentality towards coaching, which as we see, any business owners that get professional coaching just seem to go further faster. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And those that have got their leadership skills on point tend to lead and build great businesses and organizations. I think Ollie's going to be an amazing guest today. And I'm super excited. So welcome on, Ali, and thank you for joining us, buddy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, mate. Thanks ever so much for having me. Great to be involved. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm delighting at this sort of downlight that I've got. This making me look like I've got a halo, but don't worry. I mean, it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just my bald spot, basically. Don't, don't panic about that. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, look, we've got loads, of, so much we can talk about here, Ali. You know, from your Guinness World Record to your, your rugby career, um, and from your mentality towards improvement, which is uh, the company Optimist Performance, what that's all about, where did all this start? You've had such a successful career, and a lot of the people that are listening today you know, are going to be at different stages of their journey. And shout out to all our listeners that are listening to Business Growth Secrets, and welcome back to another great episode. We've got so many business owners that want to create that elite mentality. You know, Could you tell us a little bit about your story and your journey and, and how you've ended up where you are now? And and, and give us a bit of a you know couple of lessons along the way if we can, Ollie. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, hopefully it's it's helpful for everyone and anyone listening. But I think for me, to be honest, Adam, it started and continues with a, a real attention to detail. I mean, one thing we always used to speak about when I was playing was just making sure you maintain world-class basics. I know that sounds elementary and people talk about that all the time, but often we really listen to it and we pay it lip service because it's kind of the stuff that we know how to do. It kind of feels rudimentary, but it's the one area that lets us down at the critical point in time. If I use rugby as an example of that, you know, one of the things that we always used to focus on was our handling and our ability to basically catch pass. If you can do that incredibly well and efficiently, then, then you've got a, a very strong chance of being a successful rugby player because it's such a neglected skill, but it's the core. It's the absolute crux of everything that, that we do. And if you can catch a ball running at full pace and put it in front of somebody so that they don't have to check, it's so vitally important. And yet so many players ignore it or don't give it as much time as it should do. So you know, when you extrapolate that and look at that objectively, it's all about paying respect to 
the simple things, the basics that are basically the cornerstone and the foundations of everything you do. And if you do those really, 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 really well, you'll stand yourself in pretty good stead, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, I love the correlation between business and sport because in sport and professional sport, I mean, which obviously you've played at the highest level, they seem to get it. You know, you've got to go and you've got to train. It's what you do on the training ground. This is what you practice in private is what you get rewarded for in public, right? And I think business owners don't always get that, that they're, you know, turning up every day, doing the basics, making sure that you perform well and you work hard is going to bring you those great end results, you know, and, and absolutely to you say that, I think that's absolutely the case. And especially with the coaching, the mentoring and an attitude towards endless improvement. I think that that, if I, the sort of success that I've had in business is that attitude towards endless improvement, always keep getting better, keep getting better. I think that's very, very prevalent in sport, isn't it? Would you say that's been a big big for you in terms of building success? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like with everything, right? It takes time and it's that repetition and patience towards it that is critical. Whether that is, you know, I started playing rugby as a four-year-old. I mean, I think I'm wrong, I thought I didn't, I didn't really, really have, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't really have, you know, intentions then or, you know, delusions of grandeur that, you know, to be a professional rugby player. But if you like, the process started then. And it was only when I hit 18, so 14 years later, that it started to bear fruition or become a reality or a possibility that I could play rugby as a professional, that I could get paid for it, it could be my job, and I could then go and represent my country and all that sort of jazz. And it's just the same with anything. On the physical side, as much as I wish it was the case, you can't walk into a gym one day and just say, look, I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and then walk out an hour later. It, It just doesn't work like that, right? So like all these things... It's the constant maintenance and consistency of detail, focusing on the small little things, taking the, the small wins as and when you can, and then making sure that when opportunity presents itself, you've given yourself the best opportunity of, of answering the call kind of thing. And sometimes you won't be ready, sometimes you will. And it's, if, if you like, it's that acceptance and realization as to when you can move and when you can't move kind of thing. And, and I think that's some of the biggest learning I got from sport, particularly when, when you retire from sport, right? Because I did 12 years in professional sport, institutionalized by a specialist in that area and blah, blah, blah. When you stop, when it all comes to an end and you go on to your next thing. And for me, that was running my own business, doing all these challenges and working as a director at PwC. All of those things are foreign territory, right? Some of them you've got, some of the challenges, for example, I had a greater aptitude and an ability to sort of pick up because there was a huge component of them that relied on physical prowess, physical competency, and thanks to rugby and whatever, I I had that. Whereas contrast that to PwC, I didn't have a bloody clue what I was doing when I walked walked in as a director. (laughs) Here are all these people with like masses areas of specialism in tax, accounting, consulting. I was asked to sort of be a you know a direct a thought leader in those areas, and you know, I just I didn't have any I just hadn't done any time like, I hadn't done any hadn't didn't gained any experience, so that's kind of my Arnold Schwarzenegger reality. Like, and I underestimated it, right? I walked into PwC, think, oh wow, you know, a bit like the gym analogy. I'll walk in, I'll you know, in two weeks later, I'll look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you know, I thought I'd walk in two weeks later, I'll have cracked it, and you know, I'll be a partner. And it just it just just doesn't work like that. Everything takes time. Is as I'm sure, yeah, 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 yeah. As, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've been through yourself, Adam, and there is no such, there's no get rich quick, right? I've, I've seen that on your site. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's all about that constant pursuit and maintenance of 
great values, good principles, and you know, world-class basics. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you had a bit of a learning curve going into BWC. And you know what? There's a lot of people that finish professional sport and do struggle, don't they, afterwards, you know, because it's a different world sometimes for them. You know, it's a, a different world or a different environment. So it's important to be able to adapt and change, of course. And you seem to have done that really well. I've gone on that to have a, a great career after your sport career. So what's kind of, where, where do you think the secret to that is? Is that your attitude and mentality towards it? Yeah, I think with all these things, right, it's always, it's caveated, right? Because what, I don't know, what I deem or what somebody else deems as like a, a great outcome or great success, it's all perception, right? And whatever you're at, it just depends on whether it's delivered against your own personal aspirations. That I think that's the most important thing from a you know learning curve and a personal perspective. There's been plenty of bumps along the way. And certainly my transition away from sport into this in the early part of it, you know, the first two years was not without challenge. Definitely. I really, really struggled to, if you like, realize my new value and my sense of worth in my new environment. I found that pretty tough just coming from a rugby field where I was an expert. I was in the top echelons of my sport. I knew what good and bad looked like, all of that, that sort of stuff. Stepping into PwC where I just had no background, no real understanding of the world in which they operated in, but still trying to be an expert and deliver on that in terms of the same personal value. It was tough. That was really, really hard and um, and took a bit of time. But but I also filled my like my life with opportunities to just keep progressing forward. Okay, what are my small little wins that I can just take that signify to me that we're moving in the right direction? I'm not the finished article. I definitely am not where I kind of want to be, but we're moving forward, that kind of thing. And that has really helped from my own progression which has just been that i guess ignorance of what anyone else is thinking or what any other someone else might be progressing quicker than me or slower than me it's all kind of irrelevant it's the pace of with which i am comfortable with and i can keep going and and that took took a while definitely yeah that's a massive thing that you just said like we train having trained thousands of business owners one thing that really holds them back is one looking at what other people are doing and two caring about what other people think about them and the less that you can care about what other people think, the more that you can focus on you. And the less yeah, you focus yeah. on your competition, the more you can focus on you. I think that's one of the secrets, isn't it, really, is being able to focus on yourself. And you call it ignorance, but that, that can sometimes be like had a, a bad connotation, that word. I think you need to be ignorant in order to about what it is you want to achieve in order to go and get results. I always remember many years ago, I went to a seminar, and obviously I've run seminars and that's what I do, but I've been going since I was 18 to different seminars. And there was a guy called Chet Holmes, who's sadly passed away now. And he said, you know, for him, the, the secret to success was having a pig-headed ignorance and literally to literally just focus and continue moving forward as much as you possibly can. And that's going to help you to create the results. And I thought it was really interesting and not worry, you know, being absolutely confident in your convictions that you're going to get to where you want to go to. You know, it sounds yeah. like I'll tell you, and to caveat that, adds, it definitely wasn't that way for me, right? For most of my career, because if you think about a, the career of a sports person, particularly in team sport, yeah, every weekend I was conditioned to a coach or something, you know, saying like you're picked or you're not picked. You know, that was fundamentally it. like you're starting this weekend, you're not involved. So you were always sort of seeking approval, like, validation, yeah. recognition from somebody, right? Yeah. And then I realised when I finished that, that I was quite institutionalised in that environment. When I came out of it and I was in my running my own business and within the bosom of PwC was you know that 
recipe that was ultimately a recipe of disaster for me because <laughs> if i was it was creating some really bad habits and really bad behaviors because i was constantly just seeking this approval and therefore yeah. i was just sh- chasing shiny penny stuff all the time yeah and it was only when I started to realize I can't be motivated by what other people think of me. I need to do a bit of like self-reflection, self-awareness, and just understand actually what's important to me, why it's important to me, and then getting comfortable with the fact that you know, my progression might be fast, it might be slow, like it'll go in peaks and troughs. I just need to make sure that I'm confident and I'm certain about the end state and enjoying the experience of sort of evolving and growing as, as I'm doing it. Because as you say, I could look at 10 other people around me. Five of them will be going a lot faster than me. Five of them will be going a lot slower than me. Someone will have more money. Someone will have yeah. a prettier wife, better kids, nicer cars. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Like, it, it doesn't, like, like all these things are outside of my control. I've just got to really enjoy what I've got, the experience I'm having, and just recognize that it's still building towards the goals that I've set myself. Absolutely, absolutely. You've done some like amazing things, haven't you? Some really cool stuff. And the experiences we talked about uh, your company, Optimist Performance, and some of the experiences you're doing. But I've seen, obviously, you did the uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, you led a team to do, go and do that, didn't you? You mentioned about yeah, it. yeah. What is it you feel that when you take people on these experiences? Because this company, you do coaching and mentoring for executives. You do it for leadership teams and individuals. What happens to an individual when you take them on a Mankin Manjara or Everest or the cycling that you do. Tell us a bit more about this. I'd love to, it's all about that mentality. How do you cultivate that elite mentality within people? How does yeah. that work for you? What, what happens, Ollie? What do you find? Yeah. What's the difference that happens to people? I always found that I could read a lot of this stuff. You know, I could listen to all the theory. But yeah. I mean, I was either sort of too much of a Neanderthal or whatever, but I wasn't necessarily <laughs> that great at applying it, right? I just, I always struggled with that connection between it all. And so for me, I'm an experienced type of person. I need to touch, feel to something in order to realize, you know, where it's going well, where it's going wrong kind of thing. Yeah. And all these adventures, you know, when I, a lot of them at the beginning were fueled by me wanting to do some stuff for charity. And at the same time, probably a little bit on the transition out of sport, like still seeking that recognition and adulation at the very beginning. And then as I sort of went through more and more of them realizing actually it's not about that this is about the experience and the sharing of a and building of a community with people that you know you can look back and go like oh ads do you remember i could see you in five days time five years time be like ads do you remember the time that we did that bloody hell how do we pull that one off kind of thing i think it's only when you take people out of their existing environment and their existing context they start to realize some of the habits or some of the traditional behaviors that they would exhibit that they probably weren't aware of just because it was part of their daily routine. It was the sort of status quo with them on a you know, personal level. So when we've taken people to the North Pole or we've we set two world records on Everest, we've cycled across America, we've driven rickshaws across India, all of these are kind of like at the extreme end of the spectrum than you know, just that. But and when we've taken the bit that underpins it all is when we've taken people out of their environment put them into a new one and challenge their way of thinking and sort of said, okay, look, you know, you've told me you're a collaborative leader. We've posed you a, in a challenge here. We had a bike ride, for example. Everyone was saying they're collaborative leaders and they're really good at communicating. And on the bike ride, we said, okay, you're in groups of 10, but actually today you're only, you've only got seven bikes. But you've still <laughs> got to get from point A to point B, right? So, yeah. so what are you going to do? And then we just sit back and document it, just play it back to them around, okay, like, 
Adam, Ollie, were you aware that, you know, you said you were collaborative and communicative, but actually during this whole process, four people were sat in the corner and they didn't even know what was meant to be happening and you didn't involve them and your body la- their body language is poor. Or conversely, Adam, you're incredible. Did you, you know, you saw that immediately you recognized the problem, you brought everyone in, you felt them, you got people involved, you asked them their opinions, et cetera, and you formulated a plan to move forward. Like whatever the outcomes are, play it back so that they start to realize what happens ultimately when pressure comes on? You know, pressure is either normally time pressure that most of us have because that's the one thing that's finite all the time. So time pressure, financial pressure, emotional pressure, like all of those physical pressure. You can put all that into a context, into a boiling pot and just see how people respond and then play back to them and get their own self-reflection, right? Get like, is that how you want it to be? Is that how you want it to interact? If it is great, if it isn't, let's work on it. Let's work on yeah. it. What, what happens when you get into that environment? Okay, cool. Let, it's interesting. Yeah, let's explore that reflection quite a few times. And, you know, it seems like you've done a, a lot of that, haven't you? You know, and, and what you said about coming out of rugby, it's one of the examples we give to entrepreneurs and, and business owners. We say exactly that, right? We say that you have been conditioned to have an employee's DNA, right? That seeks validation from other people that is told where to go, what to do, when to do it, what your job is, what you're not your job is, whether you're playing within the rules, whether you're not playing the rules, whether you're on time, whether you're on late, you're completely in a controlled environment. Now, an entrepreneur's DNA, which is completely different, right, is somebody that doesn't conform as much. There's somebody that has to take more risks, that has to make more decisions, that has to work more collaboratively, that has to be able to delegate, that has to be able to acknowledge and accept when the job's done, They've done the job well. They're not going to get the pat on the back. And if you're going to succeed in business, you have to work towards that entrepreneurial DNA more. That's one of the things that we train. So it's really interesting to hear you use that analogy from a rugby perspective. But what's it? what I find interesting is that you found that. You found that through self-reflection. A lot of people don't find that, right? What does that enable you to do now you've found that? And you've mentioned self-reflection many times. Now you've got that self-reflection. How does that assist you? in getting things done and getting more success on it. What has that done for you to be able to be aware now? Because even your awareness came in when you was talking about, you know what, I'm more of a learner that needs to touch and feel. And another thing we train is about understanding your personality type. And it's very, very, very good to be able to understand yourself and how you operate in order to be able to maximize your potential, as you mentioned, yeah? Yeah, I mean, Ads, I love what you're talking around. It's so, I think it's so fascinating and some of the things you just said really resonated and landed with me. I, I, I think it's about the, that self-reflection, self-awareness journey allows you to understand and recognize kind of your strengths and your weaknesses, right? I was always told something when I was, I was fortunate enough that when I was playing, I got told from an early stage in my professional career, maximize your strengths, manage your weaknesses. Now, and I've heard that banded a little bit around in day to day. Yeah, yeah. Um, slightly differently because there's different versions of that. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the premise of it was just to sort of coin it and get, go into a little bit more and then I'll try and round it off by answering the whole question. But the strengths and weaknesses <laughs> bit was like, if you, know, you got into the shop window, you got into the arena of professional sport, into your club or whatever it was because of the X factor that you possessed, right? There was something yeah. about you that stood you apart from somebody else that they went, I'll pick you over them. So you're in the shop window yeah. for that reason. So your X factor is there, your strengths is there, your weaknesses is there. Now, you want to manage these weaknesses, right? So it doesn't become a like massive hindrance to you know your day-to-day and getting picked and staying there. But you want to keep spending or investing as much time, energy, and effort and money into the things that your X factor is about, right? Because that's why you've been 
signed in the first place. And the greatest way I can describe it was that loads of young kids used to turn up in our squad with their, their X factor. So their strengths are there, their weaknesses are there. They get told because of bad coaching all the things they're rubbish at, right? So all they do is invest all their time in the things that they're really, really poor at, their weaknesses. And they'd forget, they'd neglect the time and their strengths. So they'd end up meeting in the middle, if you, if my, you see my yeah. hands, right? Which then basically means you're sort of average and mediocre. Right. And then at the end of the season, they get binned. They get chopped. And then, yeah. and I always just say, and particularly in sport, because they talk of rugby as well, a lot of it would revolve around weight a lot of the time. Because they'd see a young lad, a hooker or something like that. They'd be like, look, you're so dynamic around the field. You're so super fast and it's brilliant, but you're too lightweight. You're too lightweight and you know you need to put some weight on. So they'd focus all their time and energy on getting heavier. So they, you know, they put on 20 kilos. And, that's, <laughs> and yeah. then suddenly at the end of the season, they get binned. They go, why, why have I been sacked? They're like, oh, look, I mean, dynamic enough. yeah, you're not dynamic. You're not fast. You're not agile enough around the field. They're like, well, you just told me to get heavier and whatever. So it, you know, it's bad coaching, bad messaging, and not really recognizing what somebody's really, really good at and what their super strength is. So in answer to your question, what does the self-reflection allow me to do anyway? It allowed me to realize what was important in my life and equally what my super strengths were that could contribute towards that. And then all the things I was rubbish at, I didn't really take an interest in or my weaknesses. I could surround myself with people that love that. Their super strength was my weakness. So then the collective of us put together became an, a formidable team, right? And that was the, you know, some of the biggest self-reflections I had, coupled with the fact that I just started to understand myself a bit better in terms of like understanding my tells and, you know, which would then trigger certain behavioral traits in me. And as a result, that, that would dictate a direction of travel that I would took in. And once I got more aware of that, once you understand, you can manage a bit better, right? You can control it a bit better. And and that was the critical bit for me, just really going through that self-awareness journey in order to put myself in a better place where I knew my strengths and equally I understood the tells for me that would maybe yeah. sidetrack me from them. It is really interesting. I'm a big football fan and you look at someone like Mourinho and he doesn't play the players that don't work on their weaknesses, that don't level up. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the, you lose a lot of creativity in the team because he's so obsessed with pressing these people back. Yeah. Right, and getting them to do things they're used to doing. So I just, one, you know, I agree. I think that if you can get somebody that really pushes on those, I'm really interested. What were your strengths? What would you say your X factor was? Uh, yeah, good, good. I mean, so, I mean, too, on your Mourinho point, I don't get me wrong. I think that's highly effective to a certain degree. And he had massive success on it, right? It, mm. It's one of the most successful managers of all time, right? Because it depends which, again, depends the lens you look at it through, right? If I hear loads of coaches all the time, folks say like, Defense wins matches, mm. right? That statement in itself is utter nonsense, right? Because <laughs> if you finish nil-nil at the end of the game, you don't win, no. right? Defense will keep you in the game, yeah. right? And it, it will manage your weakness if that makes sense. You need to manage that piece. But what will win you games is attack, right? You've got to score goals. You've got to take risks. You've yeah. got to take chances. And some of the new generation, if you want to call it the managers that you see in football, the Klops, mm. the Guardiolas, whatever, I feel... They understand that, okay, you know, there is a level of, call it weakness if you want, that is tolerable. We can't go below that threshold because if we don't, you know, we're not competitive. But I need to liberate these players. I need them to play to their full potential. I need them to demonstrate what, what their God-given talent is on this planet. And that's why I think you know, now you're starting to see the, 
if you like, the demise of a Mourinho, which is yeah. tragic because I love him as a personality and the rise, well, they're not in the rise, they're at the top now, but of the Klopps and the Mourinho's in the world, the Tuchel's because you know, they liberate their players to fulfill their true potential. And answer your point, what are my super strengths? Mine were all around, I love, you know, the art of people and that, that being around, like, I feel like I'm very, someone that's very sort of intuitive and in contact with understanding sort of the roller coaster of emotional intelligence, if that makes sense. So I can quickly establish common ground with people. I can quickly ascertain what the issues are and what the solutions are that they need and then deliver against them and be confident that I've got enough people around me that can fundamentally solve those and answer those questions and those problems. It's active in business relationships is what business is all about. Huge. Yeah, yeah, I agree, agree. But being able to, one of the critical bits is being able to listen, right? Being able to listen to, like, Adam's spoken to me for 20 minutes. This is what I've heard, right? I've let him sort of pour his heart and soul out and his frustrations and his problems. I'm going to play it back so that, you know, just make sure that that's the problem set. And then I'll go forward and try and help. And I find if you try and help people, if you try and advance them towards their goals and their focus points, resolve problems and provide solutions, you build trust you get trust forever because they're so grateful and thankful to you for actually listening to them and help them solve their issues absolutely and did you not want to sort of go into the coaching side of rugby was that not something that came up for you or you didn't fancy or no 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 it, it did i um so at the moment i'm head coach for wales women at, at sevens so I sort of went into that arena in terms of i kind of fell into it rather than pushed for it but I didn't think originally at the beginning I would like it and I absolutely love it. I just, <laughs> I really, really enjoy the the sort of, just that focus on personal development, people development skills. I just really, really love it. So I do, I guess on the flip side of it, and I try and move it from, my, but the fickleness of professional sport is an issue because I, I also think that there are lots of people within professional sport that still are not on that, I guess, wavelength of just understanding the time that it takes to nurture and develop and grow talent. And yeah. your point, you know, that the Mourinho example you gave, you know, he is brought in normally into a team, they give him a load of money and they want solutions now. Yeah. Like it's not right, we'll build for two, three, five years time periods. And so that's one of the reasons why I've not, I guess, gone fully down that road. I mean maybe it will in the long run, but I've really enjoyed also the the stuff I do outside of sport, like yeah. working with companies and people and going yeah. on adventures and whatever else. So that's why I've, I've kept a foot in that door too. Absolutely. So PwC and building that business. So after you went in, then you kind of had that kind of uh, introductions with different, completely different world. What's it been like since then? How have you managed to, you know, thrive in that environment, would you say? What are the sort of things that you, skills that you've used and what do you think's helped you a lot in that area? You know what, the, the, the biggest thing that's helped me, and this I hope will resonate with a lot of people, you know, there isn't a day that goes by within this business where I don't get pangs of imposter syndrome, right? Where I'm like, I'm way out of my depth, not quite sure what I'm doing here. Da, da, da. Now, I think the difference is in my sort of mindset and approach to it. The first two years of me being here, I was used to, you know, if you like my rugby mentality of like, well, no, hold on. I need to know everything and I've got to be the best, right? I'm a specialist. I've got to be the best. Da, da, da. So it was that sort of obsession. Bizarrely, it was actually something, it was a saying that we had when, when we used to play rugby that, we used to have a, a training session every sort of Tuesday with England. And it was all about making, getting ourselves comfortable at feeling uncomfortable. This was the sort of slogan on it all. And yeah. in rugby terms, that was, we used to have to absolutely kill ourselves in a fitness test 
and we get our heart rates up to 180 beats plus a minute for two minutes. And we had to stay there for that two minutes. And if everyone managed to stay there for that sustained period of time, they would then go, right, here's a ball, now go and play. And the principle of that was that, you know, if you could execute the game plan, the strategy, your skills under such levels of like extreme fatigue, when it came to game, when it came to matches, you'd be fine, right? Because you're never going to get to yeah. that level of stress. And I'm not saying in PwC, I used to get my heart rate up to 180 minutes. I'd, you know, smash yeah. people, knock people over on the photocopy machine and run up downstairs and whatever. <laughs> like, that's not, but if you like, from the emotional sort of mental psychological perspective, I'm uncomfortable every day in what I do because everything's new, everything's foreign territory. You're always learning and growing. But instead of, I guess, getting anxious and worried or fearful, if you like, of that feeling, it's actually a feeling now that I kind of embrace and, and really look forward to because it's the one indicator for me now that I'm learning and I'm growing. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning, I'm growing. If I feel that way, it means I'm out of my depth. And if I'm out of my depth, I'm learning how to swim because I'm, I'm fighting to sort of learn new skills. I, I, else I do think that benefits so much of the audience and people who are listening because, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle with imposter syndrome in all different types of industries, for one. But for two, the level of confidence that you're going to establish you know, for the future is that you can go and walk into anything and, and, and perform and learn. Like you learn to build a lot of trust in yourself when you do that because you're like, you know what, even if I don't know the detail when I'm going into this and I don't know 100% the game plan, I'm smart enough to read between the lines and work it out and get involved. And when you get that, you can enter into new situations with a great confidence. And I think that that's a really great thing to build in business because in business, things are ever-changing. You never have guaranteed outcomes. You don't have a scoreboard. Right, or you very rarely have a scoreboard. You can't win yeah. or two 0 or three 0 You don't know. You know your P and L is your scoreboard, right? And and that's going to tell you whether you made money or not. But then money's not always the only indicator in business as well. You know what I love. Yeah. yeah. So really interesting. And people's fear is massive. You know, from yeah. training thousands of business owners, fear is just a huge thing. You know, and if you can uh, overcome that, yeah, I think really interesting point you mentioned as well. Like I listened to a you know a video or something else like that from. The Simon Sinek. Have you Simon Sinek, the guy who sort of start with a Y? And one of the things he spoke around was the lens or whatever that we view the game, you know, that work in terms of like you know, success or is our P&L or is it? But what he talked around is that we view the game as a finite game. Yeah. As if it ends. But actually the rules of the game are it's never ending. Yeah. Uh, it's never ending. No, no one tells you if you grow your business, it, it doesn't ever stop growing right if you neglect it it falls away if you invest time it builds up if you sell it fine but it carries on its life cycle it's an infinite game and yeah everybody's sort of approach to it all it's as if it's a sprint right it's as if it sort of has got this finite end to it all which it hasn't right but i think that really influences and it's a much it's obviously of course for a much deeper and broader conversation for you and i probably but I just think that's a really fascinating perspective for people to think around in terms of if you approach something that you believed had no ending, would it change your behavior? Would you approach it from a different perspective? Would you try not to race at it a million miles an hour, but actually be more strategic and play the long game and really invest into some of the areas that would help it grow and keep growing indefinitely rather than viewing it as a sprint and as a result, stressing yourself out making Rush. mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. rushing things yeah. I, I don't know it's just an interesting conversation but we can have yeah, that definitely. next time Ad. i think where a lot of people is in business 
a lot of the time they're in a sprint because it's a cash flow sprint. And the problem is in the early stages of business, when it's a cash flow sprint, i.e. the business has got loads of cash, so you need to go and make cash in order for that business to grow. You know, as a small business, that is the sprint they're in. It's the stay alive sprint. It's like you're being chased by a crocodile. <laughs> you've got to go out and you've got to make the money, right? And I think that what that does, but there comes a point where that kind of race ends because you've now got a sales method that generates you an income and a profit that allows you to then become more strategic and play the game in a different way. And I think that that is the, you know, the, the beauty of getting to that point. And when you're at that point, then hell yeah, that, that strategy has got to come in in a big way, isn't it? In order for you to be really, really successful, you know? It's just that sometimes with a small business, it, it can be time. It can be, you've got that, you mentioned. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but your, your point is so valid, right? But if you like the cash flow game, from the day one, it's the lifeblood of the whole process, right? It doesn't ever stop. You just get to a point where actually you're making enough cash flow, you can afford to sort of yeah. take your, you know, look or somewhere else for five minutes. Yeah, bring more, exactly, right? It was just a great insight. And I agree with you around the, now, that need to be focused is obviously paramount, right? You, you need to focus your energy, time, and attention into the things that matter. Absolutely. Like, and just do the things that matter and constantly keep evolving and growing and, and pushing the boundaries of yourself and, and your business and your team or whatever else. Okay, absolutely, without a doubt. So what, I'd like to try and get a, a couple of maybe three tips out of you if we can, Ollie. What would you say, you know, from your career, obviously in sport and going out there and doing these amazing things with Optimus Performance and your career at PwC, what kind of three tips would you give for somebody listening to help them to build more success? And you might have given them a, a couple away already. If we have a, just a, you know, see if we can zone in on those for the audience, what would you say from your experience and your career so far someone becoming more successful, what are the three things that they should pay attention to in order to succeed in business? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, one, we sort of spoken around one, uh, you know, originally, but it's around nurturing yourself. So all these concepts of like, you are what you eat. So and yeah. you've heard your network is your net worth. So who are the people that you surround yourself with on a day to day basis? Who are the influencers on your performance? Ultimately, which people, which businesses, which companies are really going to impact the trajectory in which your life takes, your business, you know, your business takes or your personal life takes or whatever else. So, and then as a result of that, value those things that are important, be present in them all the time, and then try and provide an environment that creates mental, physical, emotional, psychological balance for you. So, you know, do you understand where you do your best thinking? For some people, it might be during exercise. Some people, it might be listening to music. Others might be, I don't know, going to bed. Whatever it is, but like, where do you do your best thinking? So you've got time to give yourself some headspace so that you can challenge some of your habits and belief sets regularly so that you keep evolving and growing. So I think that's the first one is like nurture yourself, right? Surround yourself with people, the law of attraction that really, really keep pushing you and developing you and, and growing your own talent, number one. Love it, yeah. Out of couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Second one is like now is a good time, I would say. So many people you know, do the classic of like, you know, it's, we used to get told it when you're, you know, it was old wives' tale or whatever of why put off till tomorrow what you can do today kind of thing. But constantly keep, you know, don't dwell on the past because yesterday's history, right? Tomorrow is yeah. a mystery, but the focus on the present. That's why they call it a gift, yeah. right? So, recognize sometimes when things are at their worst opportunity success is closer than you think So begin planning for your next encounter focus on the fix and let's sort of i had a saying it was so 
pertinent, but my fitness coach, a guy called Steve Black, told me this when I was 19 at Newcastle Falcons. And it's a bit of a mouthful, but he said, <laughs> the opportunity of a lifetime only exists within the lifetime of the opportunity. So, you know, don't worry about what happened yesterday and don't worry about tomorrow because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. It's a bit of carpe diem, right? But that of the lifetime of this opportunity that you've got right now is who knows how long. It could be 15 years. It could be 15 minutes. But the opportunity of a lifetime is now. So like now is a good time to go into action, right? To do stuff, to deliver stuff. And I remember when I was a young lad, like my early stages, 2021, 20, 22, like anxiety, fear really gripped me in my playing days because I was always worried about, because it was so important to get picked, right? It was so important to start. And if you didn't start as a young kid, you'd wait like six, eight, 10 weeks for your next opportunity. So I realized that that actually became quite crippling for me because when I finally got the opportunity, I was so worried about cocking it up. I didn't focus on actually just playing well, just delivering and playing the game that I love. And I, you know, I worried about getting injured or worried about dropping a ball. I focused on all the things that I could do wrong or that could go wrong yeah. that could deter me from getting the, my next opportunity rather than just relishing and enjoying and excelling in the current one yeah. right? and, and just forgetting about tomorrow. So in closing, like, now is a good time would be my second yeah. tip. I know. Yeah, I totally agree with you in, in everything you're saying. You never know what's going to come. I love the analogy of not being picked and worried you're going to make a mistake. And you've got to enjoy what you're doing when you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Most of it, yeah, totally agree with that. And then I guess as as a sort of segue through to the last would be let magic happen. So, you know, a mindset's a critical part to that. So if you put in the hard work, you do all the basics, you've invested time into your own personal growth, your own development, your team's development, good things will come, right? So just trust in the process and ultimately your ability to deliver when called upon, right? It's all these sort of, you hear all the time, but like control the controllables. That for me is really important around just worry, just focus your time and energy on the things that you can do better, right? Don't worry about whether someone else is going to make this decision or if you might get this contract or you might not get that contract. I know it's important, right? But you can't control it, no. right? You know, I can't control whether Adam is going to eat a ham and cheese sandwich or a chicken sandwich later on today. It's his decision, right? All I can focus on is what I want to eat <laughs> right? and, and, and what's going to make me feel better and everything else. Yeah. So, so it's about just doing those things and believing in the fact that I say, believe that you are destined for greatness, right? Greatness doesn't have to mean that you're going to become a billionaire or it doesn't mean you're going to run the 100 meters and break the world record. Greatness is whatever greatness is for you, right? So it's setting your own world record, which could just be like being the best dad or being the best mom in the world, right? Or the best version of yourself that you possibly can be so that you feel fulfilled. And I yeah. think all of that is comes down to then a mindset of being open and willing to change relishing a, like difference and a kind of new status quo and trusting and believing that the route that you're taking the process that you're implementing the journey and the experience that you're going on is the right one and backing it yeah some fantastic advice there i mean every point absolutely and i think it's going to resonate so much with a lot of the people that are, are listening today without a doubt because there's some great advice there that people can really buy into i love the fact that you're you know a lot of what you're saying is it all starts with you you know and you're also saying a lot of it starts with your mindset you know we we have a program a three-day training that we take people on called the business machine and it's three days and the first one is on mindset because you're going to build a machine for your business but if you don't believe you can do it yeah you're going to do it 
right? If you don't look after yourself, you're not going to do it. So we have to get that right first on a, a totally in sync with all your ideas. And I love the fact that how you've gone and, and progressed that outside. So some brilliant stuff there, Ollie. Really, really enjoyed it today. Um, how do people get in touch with you, Ollie? If they wanted to um, hear more about, I mean, we mentioned Optimus Performance. We didn't go too much into it. You've got an amazing, uh, you do some amazing learning experiences. Do you want to mention a couple of bits, bits about that? For any of the yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, brilliant. Well, I mean, we've... Some stuff for you because you've got some really cool things that you do. I, I mean, I was thinking, right, you know, how do we get our people on this? It sounds awesome. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it'd be great. I'd just let's meet up and let's have some fun. It'd be great. But we've twinned up with Durham University, Cranford Business School as well, just to bring sort of, you know, some academic rigor and whatever th- you know, theory into it all. But if people want to get in touch, reach out, you know, LinkedIn, Ollie Phillips or Twitters and all the rest of it, at Ollie Phillips 11. Our business, or Optimus Performance, is all around personal growth and personal and collective growth for teams and individuals. And you know, check out our website. Okay? Obviously, send us, drop us a note on there. We'd love to speak to as many people as possible because at the end of the day as well, I don't know. I'm just the end product so far of all the experiences and exposure to stuff that I've had, right? So far, and these are just my reflections on them. It doesn't mean they're right, but if they're helpful for other people, if they help provide some form of structure, guidance, direction, brilliant, right? Because we're all here for a good time, not for a long time, right? So, <laughs> so, so let's make sure we maximize it. And the way we do that is by sharing, right? Shared experience, shared knowledge sets. So I want to work with as many brilliant people as I possibly can, share as many ideas and experiences as I possibly can so that when I finally sort of laid my head down for that final breath, I can go, oh, I'll tell you what, what a hell of a ride. What, great, what a great experience. And, and hopefully you've impacted and been involved in loads of people's lives for the positive, right? And that's what it's all about. I love it, Ollie. Well, you've been an amazing guest. I thank you so much. Make sure you go and follow follow Ollie. Uh, connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter, as you mentioned, which are great. And check his website out. And keep an eye on this space because some of the experiences I can see us taking some of our clients on for sure, Ollie. Sounds awesome, my man. And we'll have a chat about that. But um, thank you for coming on to Business Grow Secrets today. I hope you had an amazing time. If you've been listening, remember to leave us a five-star review. Uh, tell us how much you enjoyed this episode. And of course, if uh, you want to uh, get any uh, free resources, go over to www.adamstock.com. Uh, check out there's some free resources on there right now that you can access. And thank you ever so much, Rolly. You've been amazing. Thanks, everybody. Stop, man. Hey, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day meeting hundreds of my clients so if you want that to be you then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on itunes please of course do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes peace and love and i'll see you very very soon thank you